thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, the class action lawsuits against Monsanto, the makers of Roundup, now owned by Bayer, that we previously reported overseas on this podcast have now come to Australia, with an Australian man now claiming the weed killer has caused him to develop non-Hodgkin lymphoma. 40-year-old Kelvin McNichol was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma in May 2018. He subsequently went into remission after undergoing chemotherapy and radiation therapy, but has relapsed within the last six weeks. He states that his exposure to Roundup throughout his life, including childhood on a rural property and at work, caused his lymphoma. He joins over 800 Australians fighting to prove the link in Melbourne Federal Court. Andrew Clemens, King's counsel, acting for the complainants, told the court he would argue that glyphosate and Roundup were carcinogenic to humans and could cause non-Hodgkin lymphoma through a number of ways. He states that Mr. McNichols' cancer is due to the exposure to two Roundup products. The active ingredient in both those Roundup products is, and was, a chemical known as glyphosate, which is very effective at killing weeds and all other plants, Clements told the court. Bayer, who has taken over Monsanto, says glyphosate-based herbicides have been rigorously tested in hundreds of studies, and the weight of that extensive body of science confirms glyphosate is safe when used as directed and is not carcinogenic. Clements said that the fact that some epidemiological studies do not report any positive association between glyphosate or GBS, glyphosate-based herbicide exposure, and the risk of non-Hodgkin lymphoma does not preclude a finding that there is a genuinely supportive evidence that environmental GBS exposures are causally related to non-Hodgkin lymphoma risks or a finding that they do cause an increased non-Hodgkin lymphoma risk. Morris Blackburn's National Head of Class Actions, Andrew Watson, said the class action included people who had used Roundup at work, and at home. He said, we cover a gamut of ordinary Australians who we allege have developed non-Hodgkin lymphoma through through their exposure to Roundup. As always, the links are in the show notes. And, you know, I think these lawyers do have a very good case to stand on here, judging by what's happened overseas. You know, whilst Monsanto may suggest that the evidence isn't there, that's not what's been found in courts multiple times overseas with some massive massive uh, payments being paid out, especially in America. And so what I want to say about this really is, first of all, it's about time. It's about time this has come to Australia. You know, I think the the way that Bayer and Monsanto have approached this has been seemingly pretty cynical. You know, we saw that, and I reported on this podcast quite some time ago, that they had limited the retail sales of Roundup in America. But they didn't do the same thing overseas. So they did it where they were experiencing the court cases, but continued to sell it where they were still getting the profits and not experiencing the court cases yet. You know, I think Australian governments and councils have been very slow to act on this. And I think they're potentially leaving themselves wide open. You know, I think we have seen enough evidence overseas. I think we have seen enough evidence in the research to suggest that something just needs to be done about this, that this shouldn't have been left so long without any action, without any limits, without any councils. I know some councils have done it, but without a lot, majority of councils reducing the amount that they use glyphosate and reducing the exposure of their constituents who pay their wages to this potentially cancer-causing carcinogen. So, you know, I think this is a big case for Australia. I think it's pleasing to see that this is starting to spread around the world, that there is going to be a bit more exposure to what is happening overseas in terms of glyphosate. Hopefully, there's going to be a little bit more accountability about the way people use glyphosate and other chemicals in Australia as a result of this. And I think what we need to be really mindful of this is that these links are proved 
well after the event, you know. So when we do start introducing these chemicals into our environment, into, you know, around our kids, around our families, around our workplaces, then we need to be really mindful that, you know, the absence of safety evidence is an evidence of safety. You know, the, the absence of, or I should say, the absence of evidence of damage is an evidence of safety. The fact that we haven't yet been able to prove that it is definitively a carcinogen doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. And we know that, as I said, it often takes a long time for this to come through. We've seen this with glyphosate in this instance. We've seen this with, you know, things like asbestosis, like silicosis. We're seeing this in a number of different areas where people are having cancers cause later on down the track. And, you know, the defense that comes into this, which is often a bit uh, disingenuous, I think, is to say that, well, yes, everything is chemicals. And, and so, you know, even natural things are chemicals. So people who are saying, you know, don't expose yourself to chemicals are just being silly or ignorant or uneducated. But the reality is that chemicals aren't chemicals. You know, we know what people are talking about when they say that. When people say limit your exposure to chemicals, they're not talking about the chemicals that have been part of our evolution and part of our natural evolution for eons of time. Or at the very least, they're not talking about those chemicals in the concentrations and availabilities that we were exposed to in our natural evolution. What we're talking about here is either getting exposed to much higher doses and concentrations of those chemicals, or in this case, getting exposed to chemicals that are not natural, that were not part of our evolution, that our bodies haven't had time to adjust to and adapt to over time, over a lifetime, all right? So, you know, I think just saying that, well, everything is chemicals, so therefore saying to avoid chemicals is silly, is either deliberately or accidentally just totally missing the point, all right? And so I think what we need to do as individuals is we need to minimize chemicals in our environment, minimize chemicals that weren't part of our natural evolution in the quantities that weren't part of our natural evolution and the concentrations that weren't part of our natural evolution because our bodies just aren't designed to deal with them and we don't deal with them well. And we've seen, as I said, numerous times with numerous different man-made chemicals or concentrated chemicals that they can have disastrous effects on people's health. You know, at the same time, I think we should be looking to these cases. We should be supporting these cases. I think we should be forwarding this information as much as we can onto our governments, onto our councils to make sure that not only are they aware of these cases, which hopefully they already are, but that they know the degree to which their constituents are displeased with the way they're dealing with this. You know, I think what they do is they hear a lot from industry sources. You know, they hear a lot from PR reps and from political lobbyists who have a vested interest in sharing the one side of the story. And I think it's our responsibility as individuals to make sure that they hear the other side of the story too. So you've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.